Welcome back to the Metropolitan Culture Corner. I know I always say the same thing when I start these interviews, but that's because I really do want to welcome you all and I really appreciate you tuning in, whether this is your first time tuning into our monthly interview series or whether you've been watching every single episode since March 2020, I'm happy to have you with us. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting local art and culture. This month, we go behind the scenes with model, actress, and stunt woman, Elena Mankowska. Originally from Poland, she has made her home in Barcelona for the past several years. And since then, she has appeared in commercials, ad campaigns, as well as in various short films and music videos. She studied under some pretty notable acting and stunt coaches, including the stunt coordinator for the series game Thrones. Elena was also the stunt double for actress Mila Jovovich of the Fifth Element and Resident Evil fame in Jovovich's latest movie, Paradise Hills. But it was Elena's latest role as a face model for the character of vampire mama Lady Dimitrescu in the Resident Evil Village video game by Capcom that took her career to a whole nother level and gained her thousands and thousands and thousands of fans from all around the world. And if you're thinking, what is a face model? Don't worry, we'll get there. Elena has used her newfound fame to advocate for causes close to her heart, such as raising money for children in need of treatments for severe illness in her home country of Poland, among other good causes and nonprofit initiatives. Please welcome our guest, Elena Mankowska, to the Metropolitan Culture Corner. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me. So I'd like to start at the beginning, because some people who watch this will be familiar with your career and some won't. You were born in Poland. You studied acting in London and in Barcelona. You ended up moving to Barcelona. How did you get started in acting and how did you end up here? Ah, it's all about men. <laughs> Basically, I was living in Norway and then I decided to come to Spain for one month, just being by myself and, you know, no guys. But I came to Barcelona on the first day I met Carlos, my husband. So I would go back and forth. He's Venezuelan, so he said I would never live in Norway. So uh, what do we do? And I was like, yeah, maybe I can move to Barcelona, but I need to do something for myself as well. I, I didn't want to move just for him. And I thought, why don't I do some pictures? People many times tell me that there's something with my eyes. And I thought maybe I can just take photos. 
And so I did. And then I've contacted some agencies in Barcelona and they were really happy. And I signed contracts and then they started to send me for castings. <laughs> On my first castings, I had to have like one liter and a half of water because I was so stressed. It's me, white room and uh, the casting director. And he goes, you're a mother, you're expecting your son to visit you. And there's just white room, no chair, no table, nothing, right? So yeah, you're a mother, you're expecting your son to visit you with his new girlfriend and you make beautiful dinner, but you open the door and you see that she's a bit weird, but you sit down around the table and suddenly she starts to attack your son because she's a zombie. And I'm listening to all of it and how do I do that? You know? So then I thought I need some acting classes. And today I think I'd like to find that casting director and just shake his hand because thanks to him, I started to take acting classes and that's how it all started. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they don't understand how much craft is behind someone who's a working actor. They think that just because like in your case, you're a model, you could very easily transition to, yeah, go to a casting, get cast. This is why I like doing these interviews because people can see, oh, it's more than that. Later in London and in Barcelona, you studied under some notable people. What are the most important things that you would say you learned from the classes that you took? Every class, every person and every teacher taught me so much. I remember like every class, I felt like I am more of an adult, I don't know, or understanding life, learning how not to judge others. Years ago, I decided that I don't want to judge others. Constantly, you hear others saying about people, they're just judging. And I felt that that's not what I want to do. I prefer to understand them because behind every action, there is the reason why people behave that way or look that way. And so acting absolutely helped me to grow in that sense. That was absolutely beautiful. Besides, of course, other things like my body, my voice, how important breathing is, so many things. But this, I would say that that was the most important thing for me to learn how not to judge others. Because when you have a character and you have to work on it, you can't judge it, you know? You just have to understand it. Stop and think why that person behaves like this, why that person became that person. Let's say there's a young actor or actress or model watching this and they're thinking, what am I supposed to do? There's a big difference between having a role already and developing it and finding a way to somehow show the person who's in charge of the casting that you're the person that they want. How do you prepare for a casting? What advice would you give somebody who's just starting out who really wants to do the best job they can for a long time i was thinking like what the casting director want to see in me and that wouldn't work <laughs> when it started to work was when i started to go with my intuition with how i feel or how i understand the character if i wouldn't understand the character i would ask and that's what i've learned and that's very important ask don't be scared when you're at the casting and you don't understand something or you didn't hear exactly, ask to repeat. These people on the other side, they also want to help you. They ask you to come because they think you're good for that character, for that role. First, your intuition and how you feel about the character. How do you read the character? And then asking questions. How do you translate that process into making a self-tape? Because since the pandemic... Self-tapes are awesome, but also it's really hard. Will you tell people what a self-tape is? Because some people watching this are thinking, 
thing. What did you just ask her? That's at least when you have to prepare yourself and just record it in your home. So there is no help from casting director. There's no other people. There's no cameraman. So you have to have your light, good sound, quiet room, good background, which is normally white or, you know, neutral color with no distraction in the back. So no photos so that whoever is watching it focuses only on you. So that's like a hard thing. You always think like, oh my God, is this like good? Do I look good? Is this okay? Oh my God. And you know, the best is when your neighbors are making some constructions in their flat and it's like, awesome. This happened so many times to me. I live where the street is quite calm, I would say. But how many times I would do self-tapes? And even if I close the windows, there's just group of people screaming or kids crying. And it's like... And you have half an hour because you need to go pick up your child from school or whatever, you know? It's like usually in my case, it's like this. <gasps> okay, I have five minutes. I have to put makeup on. I have to make hair, makeup, find clothes, light, uh, camera. Oh my God. And then once you record it, you have to edit it. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So a lot of respect actually to people that you go to the studio and they record you and they record I don't know, hundreds of people throughout two, three days when the casting is it's usually very fast. And well, so yeah, that's a self-tape. <laughs> and casting is when you just go to the studio and of course you have everybody around you and they just tell you what to do and everything is set up, the light, the camera, they do it for you. There are actors that get it immediately. In my case, I need some time to adjust everything. I like to go for a walk and think of this character. If it's a real person, of course, look at that person and search for the images. If it's, I don't know, an architect, look for images of architects to do that so that you look similar Prepare as much as you can. I even once took a medicine, a little bit of medicine under a doctor's, what's the English word for it? Revision, I guess. Revision, yes. Just to know how this character would feel that I had to prepare, that I had to work on. And that was for the theater. We had a showcase. But for the self-tape, just read as much as you can. Know the text. Think how that person feels. And then in the end, you just let it go and you just record it. Maybe you can ask your fellow actors how they would do it. That's very helpful too. You never know what they want and there is never feedback. That's, I think, the most frustrating part of it. That you never hear anything, that you did something good or you did not. Or they liked you, but they were looking for a blonde girl. They are just like, you just don't know. Do you find that the acting community in Barcelona, for example, is supportive? You guys help each other out or you want someone to review your self-tapes. Do you find it to be more supportive or more competitive or just depends? I guess it depends how you look on it. I always look at it as a supportive community and that's how I am going to live (laughs) with this. I've been lucky so far that if I needed an actor to help me, I found them. And they were always very happy to work with me, recording of a self-tape or, you know, a showreel or a scene, whatever it was. So, yeah, that's my experience. Aside from acting, what about the stunt work? How did you get into doing stunt work? That can be dangerous, right? I don't know how I got into this. I mean, I know, but, you know, those decisions when you make without really thinking too much about it just being spontaneous because it looks cool 
<laughs> there was a girl I met in my acting classes and she was telling me about all this action stuff and that she would get so many jobs. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I want to do that too. So she gave me the contact and I signed up for that course. And so, you know, the first class, how it is when you're like in the circle and everybody's introducing themselves like, hi, I'm Mark. I'm doing acrobatics for 15 years and he's 20, no? When you listen to all these people, I have black belt from karate or whatever. And, you know, the circle goes and I'm like, shit, it's going to be me now. And what am I going to say? I had no background whatsoever, like literally nothing. My God, really, when I think about it, Tori, I didn't even know how to jump properly when we had our first class and we were like one after another and we had to jump from one meter and a half on the mattress. Everybody would just be jump, jump, jump. And I'm like, I don't even know what what do I do with my legs? It was so challenging. I remember that I wouldn't go to some classes, not many, of course, but like one or two because I was so freaking scared. But basically when it came, the first class and the introduction came to me, I just said, I'm riding a bicycle, trying to make some jokes, but I felt so uncomfortable, but I've learned so much. You know, when you're scared and you have to just do it, then you really learn. But that was so challenging. They set me on fire, like crazy things jump from the car. Wow, the fire was was the funniest. As I'm listening to you talk about this stuff, I mean, you got into acting as an adult, not as a kid or a teenager. You started doing stunt work even though you had no experience. And then you end up being a stunt double for Mila Jovovich. And that's not a small thing. You end up doing all these big things. So it seems like kind of a life lesson and you can make it if you try type thing. A lot of people would tell someone who's, for example, 30 or 25, you know, you're way too old to be starting this kind of thing. But in your case, you've had success. I've been told that. And I had these thoughts as well. All my life, I thought this, that you cannot start something new when you're... I started when I was 33, I think, or 34. So really not that long ago. And I remember comments and everything, but I felt like, no, that's what I want to do. And I will do it. No one will stop me now. I found what I love. To look for your passion for the 33, not exactly 33 when I was a baby, maybe I wasn't, but for many, many years looking for what I want to do in my life. I worked in offices. I worked in bars. I worked in restaurants. I had my projects organizing festivals. That was fun. But when I met acting, that was when everything clicked. And that's when I had goosebumps and when I felt I'm alive and when I felt this is what I want to do. Working on character is something, yeah, speechless. I'm speechless. Whenever it comes to this, I become speechless. Acting is everything. Acting touches absolutely everything, every part of life. Each character is going to surprise you with something new and you're going to learn something new. That's absolutely amazing. You always develop. You always have to grow and be better person, better actor. Beautiful. Is that your favorite part of the job? Yeah, absolutely. And lights. <laughs> lights. Lights and cables that are around me. Can you imagine? I love that. All these cameras and the cables that everybody has to be careful not to fall. It's like, be careful cables. Yeah, yeah, I know. I see it. I love them. <laughs> Maybe I should be a technician as well so that I work with cables. (laughs) You go from being set on fire to behind the camera. Why not? After all of these very cool experiences, your career grew or maybe more appropriate to say kind of exploded and changed quite a bit when this Resident Evil Lady Dimitrescu opportunity came up. First, for those who don't know, who is Lady Dimitrescu and also what is a face model? (laughs) Because some people will be asking that question. So uh, Lady Dimitrescu is one of the great characters from the newest Resident Evil game which is Resident Evil Village. Her face model is a person 
person that gives hers or his face to the character. So it's scanned and and I am that person. Lady Dimitrescu, she became very popular amongst gamers and in the gaming world. I think like no other character became popular like she is till today. And it's been more than two years since the game was released. It was made two years ago. It's kind of a cult following for this vampire mama character. And it just seems like the Resident Evil and the gaming community in general are big fans of hers and of yours as well. So is that typical? Did you know the gaming world well before this experience? Do they usually get so excited about stuff or they just really like you? I didn't know much and I still don't, (laughs) but I'm doing my best. Really, I play the game. I have other Resident Evil games to play. I guess they are waiting for autumn uh, because in the summertime there's like just too much work. No, I did not know much about games. Once I entered this world, I found out that this character became very popular like no other. There are popular characters, of course, but this one, they related with her on so many levels. She's a mother, she's a fighter, she's strong, but also she has, you know, feelings (laughs) even though she's killing everybody yeah the sweet character basically you know that's what I always do those sweet characters yeah you always get cast as the villain from what I understand right you've gone to trade shows comic-con and stuff dressed as the character and I know you've done online streaming events and things like what has that experience been like getting to know these fans from all over the world who suddenly really want to interact with you especially during the pandemic when people more and more started to depend on digital content to interact absolutely amazing experience when I did the job I was not told yet what kind of game is going to be and I did not know it's going to be that huge actually I was informed six months before the game was released in December that that this is the character this is the game so I slowly started to understand what's going on and who is this character I remember when I told my brother my younger brother he's a game not a gamer maybe exactly but he plays and he knew the character I thought he's gonna just go mad this was the moment I think when I realized like Oh, okay. (laughs) So once the game was out and all the people started to write to me and I started to be part of the community, I understood how big it is for them. Today I have a group of people that we write to each other, if not every day, many days a week. They are beautiful. They are so supportive. They support each other. They are so talented and intelligent. And so many of them are just like magical, you know? Also, it was in the beginning very overwhelming, I have to say, to be in the middle of it suddenly, not knowing what's cooking really and what's happening in the beginning. Because for people, she was already there and they knew the game. And I thought of it like... Thank you so much. But also I'm just Helena, you know, like I was learning how to understand all this gaming environment. And I think I made great friends and the events that I was invited to the Comic Cons, they were insane. The amount of love I received from people and warmth and support, like in a normal life, you just don't get it. That was something that lift me up so much. I still did not find correct words that I feel like, okay, that's how I felt or that's how I feel about it because it was so huge and still is that all this happened and all the community and gamers and maybe I speak a bit chaotic, but that's because it was chaotic for me. And I guess I still can't believe that this happened, maybe. (laughs) You represent someone, a character that means a lot to them. And so they probably feel the same, you know? Yeah. 
yeah, not so sweet, these people really. Also, you take in the fact that you gained a lot of people who are suddenly paying attention to what you're doing all at once to promote nonprofits and other things like to help raise money for children who need medical help in Poland, where you're from. And sounds like a silly question, maybe, but why decide to do that instead of just enjoying the success, you know? I've been always drawn to helping others, especially kids. I've been doing this for many years back in Poland. It started from a really small sweet collections uh, for orphanage in my city where I come from. And then this has grown each year collection, like big companies, and it was absolutely beautiful. But then I moved to Norway and then Spain. So this, unfortunately, I did not continue. But throughout the years, I would support different people. So this was just a natural thing I've done. And I started before Lady Dimitrescu has happened. So when it happened, I was already in the middle of working on this baby boy, Kirill. He needed some support and it was me and, and a big group of women that was helping him. He was a Ukrainian boy living in Poland. Yeah. And of course, since I gained the community, right, that started to follow me, I, of course... I thought, oh, maybe they would like to help him too. And that's what happened. I remember many people were really involved and supportive again. That was so beautiful to see. Really, really beautiful community. Well, thank you so much. This was great to get to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. It was super. Thank you very much, Elena, for taking the time to speak with us here on the Metropolitan Culture Corner, where once a month we go behind the scenes with a notable name from the local, national, or international culture scene. From fashion designers to musicians to directors to playwrights to chefs to sound engineers to lighting experts to food photographers and beyond, you never know who or what you are going to find on the Metropolitan Culture Corner, our monthly interview series. Remember that you can watch all the interviews from the past three years on the Barcelona Metropolitan official YouTube channel, or you can listen to all of the interviews as a convenient podcast on SoundCloud. Thank you for tuning in. And I know I always say the same thing at the end of the interviews, but see you next month. <laughs>